welcome to the Rekindle Podcast. We're here to help you unlock your God-given potential so you can discover your story and learn to live your God-created best life. Hey everyone and welcome to the Rekindle Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. Our goal is to provide you with great content in 20 to 30 minutes every podcast and we drop a new episode every Tuesday. Go and follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream so you never miss an episode. Also, during this season of social distancing, most churches across America are not meeting in physical buildings, but have made the transition to having their services online. If you have nowhere to attend online this weekend, I want to, imperson- I want to personally invite you to attend my church. I'm a part of Trinity Fellowship. Uh, we are, have campuses in West Texas and North Texas, and we are an amazing church. We have wonderful leadership, great teaching, awesome worship, and we would love the opportunity to be a blessing to you and your family this weekend. You can view our services on our website at tfc.org watch, or you can check us out on Facebook or our YouTube channel. Just go to either of those platforms and search Trinity Fellowship Church, and you will find us there this Sunday and every Sunday at 11 a.m. We would love to, for you to join us and give us the opportunity to be a blessing to you and your family. So here in our podcast, we are in a series all about identity. This will be the last podcast in this series before we move on to some other great content in the weeks to come. The title of today's uh, talk is Never Alone. My friend, I want to tell you, I want to start off with this. You are not alone. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, you are not alone. So we have a lot to cover here today, so I want to dive right in. But when we think about our lives, when we think about what we're doing and what God has called us to do, we all have our own ideas of what success looks like in our own lives. Take, for example, our career. All of us are in different careers, doing different things, and we all have our own idea of what success looks like in that area of our life. Maybe it's climbing the corporate ladder, working hard, trying to get promoted. We want more responsibility, maybe perhaps more influence within our organization, maybe even within um, our wealth, what it looks like for us to leave a lasting legacy to our family when we leave the earth one day, more so than just money but uh, what it looks like to have success in our family dynamics and and our values as a family and how we pass those things down. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe you own a business and your desire is to be uh, the best in your area of expertise. Well, you have your own idea of what success looks like in regards to that. Even in your own ministry or in your church, maybe you're a pastor of a church or you're, you're heading up your own uh, youth ministry or whatever it is that you're doing, you have your own idea of what success looks like for that ministry or for your people in your church. So it's just a given. We all have our own view of what it looks like to successfully live out God's great calling on our lives. But I would say this, and I know all of you would agree with me, is none of us are strangers to setbacks along the way. All of us have experienced setbacks on some form or fashion. And in the midst of setbacks, when we encounter something that we didn't plan for or that we didn't know was coming, it can throw us off so bad. It can throw off our thinking, what we, what, what we were, the direction we were going, how uh, we were going to accomplish uh, the things that we have set out to accomplish. And when we experience these setbacks, 
uh, we, we, we sometimes feel feelings of abandonment. And even depending upon the severity of it, we, we can even feel like maybe God has forgotten about us. Especially if you feel like God told you to go start that business. Well, then you experience your first major setback in your business. And sometimes the prayer will be or the, the plea to the, the, the cry to the Lord will be, God, where are you? You said from you, you told me to start this business and now I'm experiencing this hardship. What is going on? You know, maybe you feel that in your career or in your family. Maybe you feel it in your ministry. God, you told me to do this. You told me to take this step of faith to go here and to do that. And now I'm, 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 I'm experiencing a roadblock, a setback. I've, I've, I've encountered a brick wall. Where are you in this? You told me to do this. Where are you? And even if you think about it in a lot of ways, we would classify our current situation, this whole COVID-19 pandemic, as a humongous setback. All of us are experiencing some sort of setback, whether it be, yes, in our jobs or maybe it's even in our schools. I mean, there's some of you mamas out there that are homeschooling your kids all of a sudden because schools are out. And, you know, for here in the state of Texas, we're not going back for the rest of the semester. And so you find yourself in a position and in a place where now you are having to make room for the setback. You are having to uh, compensate for this roadblock or this issue, this circumstance that you're going through. And when we find ourselves in this place, again, our, you know, we, we've come in contact with a situation that we didn't plan for, that we weren't prepared for. And we begin to wonder, God, where are you? Why did you forget about me? Where are you at? You know, I love, uh, you know, David had the same, a very similar conversation uh, with the Lord in Psalm 13, and it was along the same regards. This is Psalm 13. I want to read this to you, uh, and this is starting in verse 1. This is in the New Living Translation, but this is David. He's saying, Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. This psalm sounds like David was having his own blow up counseling session uh, spewing words out to the lord about his true feelings towards god in this situation that he found himself in he's crying out to the lord how long are you going to forget about me god in this place and what he's doing is he's getting off of his chest the weight and the burden of how he is feeling because that's one thing that we cannot deny that in our present circumstances, in our present reality, the feelings that we feel here today, if it is abandonment, if it is discontentment or dissatisfaction, if it is loneliness or depression, we cannot deny that we are feeling those things. But what I love about David and what I think we can learn from him in this story is we can bring these to God and we can lay it all out there for him to hear and to know exactly how we're feeling. In fact, I would even think, I would even venture to say that God is asking you to put yourself out there and to let your feelings be known to him. 
And I love what David does. He airs out all of his stuff to God. He tells him exactly how he's feeling. And in the midst, after he gets it all off of his chest, in verse 5, he says this, But I trust in your unfailing love, God. I trust you. And I'm going to rejoice because you have rescued me. You know, when David said you have rescued me, he was still in the midst of his situation and his reality. But when he said that, he said it in a past tense format. He says, you have rescued me. God hadn't rescued him yet, but he still spoke it as if God had already done it. You can air out your stuff to God, tell him exactly how you feel. And you can still trust and know that God loves you and that he cares for you. You can turn that shift in your mind, make that shift in your mind, make that turn in your mind that, you know what, God, even though I do feel like this, even though I've gotten all this off my chest, I know that at the end of the day, you're good. That's like that, you know, when, when, when after you have that, that rough encounter with God and you've aired it all out, you can take that deep breath that, but God, I know I can trust you. I know that you're working for me. I know that you're working all things out for my good. We can trust God, friend. We can trust him because he has already told us that he will never leave us and never forsake us. He will never leave you alone. Hebrews 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. This is the NLT. And this is what it says. It says, don't love money, but be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you so you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? What Paul is encouraging in the scripture is to be content with what you have and not to covet what quote unquote success looks like in the world's eyes. You know, when we think about our society today, when we think about success, we can attribute success to when we boil it down, it really comes down to one thing most of the time. And that is more. I think the word more describes it. More, 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 more money, more riches, more possessions, uh, more authority, uh, more influence. We think sometimes success looks like more. And when we start to think like this, it begins to really mess with what God is doing in our life. Because if God is not giving us more, it leads us to believe that, well, maybe God has left us alone. He, he talks about this. He's saying, be, be content with what you have. And then he follows it up with that statement. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. The first thoughts that come to mind when we feel discontentment or dissatisfaction when we feel like I don't have enough. What comes to mind is God has abandoned us. He doesn't care about us. He isn't blessing us like we thought or like we thought we heard he said he would. Or he's not coming through for us the way we expect him to. You see, in discontentment and in dissatisfaction, that's exactly what that is. This is feeling of, I don't have enough. I'm not enough. What I'm doing is not enough. I have to do more. I have to perform more. I have to go out of my way even more now so I, that I can experience success or I can be enough. 
And Paul's encouragement in the scripture is to not think like this because God has not left us. So even when we feel like this, when we feel like we're not experiencing success, whatever our idea of success is, we tend to think that God has left us. But no, God has not left us. He will never leave us. The, 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 re the real truth is, is we are exactly where he wants us to be. He is doing something in our lives. He is doing something in you, in your current situation right now. And it is above what you could even think of or imagine. He is doing something extraordinary in you. I remember a time in my life um, when we experienced something just like this. You know, Alejandra and I, Alejandra, my wife, we went through a we went through a, a hard season a couple of years ago and we were making the transition for Alejandra to be a stay at home mom. We uh, we were she was pregnant with our third baby, Abigail, my sweet baby. And we were we were talking about what it looked like to raise a child now in a different place because our, our, our first two kids were born in Amarillo and we had lots of family around. Now we're in Wichita Falls and a lot of these things are new and we're getting uh, to figure out what it is to be our own selves, to have our own family and to do what works for us. And so we had our baby girl here in Wichita Falls and and we were making plans as to what are we going to do when she comes. And I remember one day Alejandra brings up this idea that she said she tells me, she says, I really feel like God is calling me to stay home with, you know, and and. And, and to be a stay-at-home mom, to really focus my attention on our home. And at the time, both her and I were employed full-time here at our wonderful church, Trinity. And uh, we were in full-time ministry together and raising our children. And life was awesome and crazy busy and fun. But, you know, she started saying these things. And I remember when she said that. I was <laughs> My initial thoughts when she was saying, I, want, I think I need to stay home. I was like, absolutely not. There is no way this is God. There is no way God is calling us to do this because all the real fear set in for me. You know, God was calling us to a huge transition in our life. And when I mean huge, I mean huge. And especially uh, in the area of our finances. I mean, we were a, a two-income home right we were living on two incomes and we were going to we were soon to be living on one and that meant a whole lot of things for us we are living in a beautiful home but if we went to one income we couldn't afford that house and so all these things started swirling through my mind we're going to have to sell our house what are we going to do how are we going to live off of this x amount of money a year that's impossible and you know we kept having this conversation and you know there was some arguments there in between as well but i kept thinking there's no way this is god and the more we talked about it, the more apparent it became that it was. And I remember at first I was like, nah, it's OK, Lord. Alejandra's, you know, she's tripping right now. She'll come to her senses and we'll hear you right and it's all work out. But the narrative never changed. And the message, what God was telling us, never changed. And so what began to change was my heart, was my expectations, was what began to change was my view of what success was in ministry. And we took the step of faith to trust him and we listened and we obeyed and it was hard. It was difficult learning to live on one income still to this day. You know, we, we still have to remember why what we're doing and, and, 
you know, when I go home and Alejandra's there with the kids and and they're all wonderful and she's doing things at home and I love it. I know now today it it's the best thing we could have ever done and it is exactly what God was calling us to do. But in the midst of that, it was hard because my view was, God, this is not your blessing. You have left me. You have abandoned me. What are you doing? But I will tell you this, friends, in this whole transition that we made, in this season that we find ourselves in now, we have never lacked. We have always had what we've needed, and God has always provided for us. God went before us, and he is going before you. God has gone before you, and the situation that you are looking at right now, as dire as it may look or feel, God's got you. And let me tell you, he's not meeting you there in your situation because he, is al- he was already there when you walked into it. God has gone before you. He's not meeting you there in your situation because he, has al- he was already there when you walked into it. He has prepared this place for you. He, he is, this, this is a season right now, what you're going through right now. God is prepping you for the next season of blessing. God is equipping you with what you need to step through the next door. God is coming through for you and providing for you. You're going to need to know the kind of provider God is today, right now in this season, because what he's calling to uh, calling you to do next, you're going to have to look back at today and remember, this is what God has done for me, and I know he's going to do it for me again. When, uh, when Paul says that, when he quotes that scripture, when he says, God says, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. He quotes that from Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 and in verse 8. Verse 6 says, so be strong and courageous. This is God talking to Moses, Moses instructing Joshua, getting ready for him to take the Israelites into the promised land. He says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He says it again in verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will, never, he will neither fail you nor abandon you. This was the encouragement to Joshua, to not be afraid to step into what God was calling him to step into. And I believe this is the same encouragement for you and me today to not be afraid to step into what God is calling us to step into. So when we made this transition, we had to sell our home, of course, and we we put our, our house on the market. It went quick and uh, we, we did it in November and we, we signed the contract. And by the first week of December, it was sold. But when it came time to sign the house and, and, and to sell it, we still didn't have a place to live. So our idea was, well, we're going to pack up our house, move our entire lives into a storage unit, stay with some friends until we could figure things out. And I remember just the stress and the anxiety of feeling, God, what are we going to do? How am I going to provide for my family? Where are we going to go? And I remember the day we signed the papers, you know, and I went to go pick up the U-Haul to load up the house and, and to get ready to pack everything up and put it all in the storage unit. And when I when I picked it up, I got a phone call from a realtor, uh, Zenaida. She was helping us out at the time and to find a place to live, to rent for for the time being. And she was dropping her girls off at school that day. And she passed by a property that was brand spanking new, wasn't even finished yet. She stopped in to take a look and she gave us a call and said, guys, I found your home. And granted, 
during this whole time, we had spent a month looking for different places to, to, to live and nothing was working out. Nothing was panning out. I was panicking because I didn't know what to do with my family. Where are we going to live? You know, and she found it. She said, guys, I think I found your place. And lo and behold, we showed up that day. We walked it and we were like, yes, this is it. Please uh, get a hold of the guy who owns it. We would love to rent this space out. And she did. And everything worked out that day. And so we went and stayed with some friends for, you know, a few weeks and it was ready to go the following month. And we moved in and we've been living there, you know, for the last couple of years. And it's just been a wonderful place for us to raise our family. But what I remember about that story is that in the midst of feeling oh, in the midst of my circumstances, feeling like I was out of control and God wasn't there. God had forgotten about me. He was there and he didn't meet me there. I met him there. God was already working everything out. God knew that we needed that place. Uh, God knew that we were about to walk into the season and we needed somewhere to go. And he did it. And he did it for us. And I'm telling you, friend, he's doing it for you. Jesus is right there with you in the midst of your circumstances. He, has al- he was already there when you showed up. And he's doing something extraordinary in your life right now. You are not alone. Don't wish away these moments. I know they are hard, but don't wish them away. Don't miss what God is doing. Take a stand today to trust in the truth of who our God is and not in the feelings of our present reality. He is coming through for you. You are not alone. You are not alone. So I want to present you with an application question here and a little exercise that I want you to do. Um, in your quiet time with the Lord this week. But as you're there, as you're there praying and you're finding your quiet time with the Lord, I want you to ask God this. God, what are you leading me to see or experience in the areas of my life where I feel abandoned or forgotten? God, what are you leading me to see or experience in the areas of my life where I feel abandoned or forgotten? God is trying to show you something. He is doing something. He is working Don't wish this away and miss it because God wants to come through for you and show himself strong and mighty in your situation, in your weakness, in your hardship. And the second thing is I want you to do this exercise is as you're praying those things, I want you to take a moment and reflect back on a time or two when God came through for you uh, in a big way or in a small way. Reflect back. Think about a time when you needed God to come through and he did it. And as you remember that, give God thanks. Because it's in the remembering that we are reminded of who God is. And in fact, it builds our faith to see him do it again. The Bible says that you and I are overcomers by two things. The first thing is the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross. His blood has caused us to be overcomers. And by the second thing, the word of our testimony. When we remind ourselves, when we give testimony of the goodness of God that we have experienced throughout our life, when we remember those times when he came through, it builds our faith. It builds our faith to see him do it again in us. So I want you to do that this week. And in doing so, God's going to remind you. Holy Spirit is there. And he's going to remind you that you are not alone. He is working on your behalf. So, friends, I hope this talk was encouraging to you today. If this podcast was a benefit to you, please share it with your family. Share it with your friends. 
Go and follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you can stay up to date on all the latest. And if you have any questions, any comments, suggestions, please send them to rekindlepodcast at gmail.com. You can send them there uh, in an email format to me, and I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear what's on your heart and what's on your mind. So again, why do we do what we do? Why do we work to rekindle that flame, to keep it ablaze, the very flame that God put inside of you and I? It's because of this. God wants you. The world needs you, and you deserve your best. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.